Algar Productions. Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Supplemental Episode 32 with Gav Brown and Gav Drury. Hi, friends. Actually, uh, Gav, would you would you do the honors? Kick this off, right? Excellent. <laughs> Just like old times. Oh, man. Just, exactly. Uh, back. We, we did. We typically do this uh, around Christmas time, and I believe it was English Gav who said, this is too much fun to do once a year. Why don't, why don't we try for twice a year? So, I, I, uh, I like the idea of just like... My suggestion? Why do we... I think it was. Yeah. And I like the idea okay. that it's like, why do we do this once a year, only once a year? Oh, right. There's no reason. To, there's no reason not no. to. And I looked at our schedule and it's like, well, almost exactly six months from now, we have a gap between like when we end Voyager before we start the new series. Why don't we just meet up again? Mm-hmm. And here we are. Uh, so I, it's I think the we all Christmas re- and well, summer special. Yeah, Christmas <laughs> in June. I, I think three out of the four of us are regretting that now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you listeners figure out which of us <laughs> is the dick that put the other three of us through this. <laughs> I think you can figure it out already. My Vincent Price uh, laugh. Yeah. Um, Gavin, Gavin, I have to say on, on behalf of us both, I am so sorry. Um, actually, I didn't know. Before, I just, it was Matt's turn. I picked something kind of dumb and I said, okay, Matt, it's your turn now. And, and oh boy. Uh, before we start, I have a prepared statement to read out. Mm-hmm. Uh oh. Um, uh, I'd like to draw your attention to section 134 of the Criminal Justice Act, 1984, <laughs> UN Convention Against Torture and Other Cruel, Inhuman, or Degrading. Oh. <laughs> The Torture Convention and Article 3 of the European Convention on Human Rights, ECHR, all of which prohibit forms of torture, which I'm sure the Geneva Convention agrees that Frankenstein is a valid form thereof. Uh, you will be hearing from my lawyer. Matt, you have created an international incident. Thanks for that. <laughs> uh, Even Amnesty International could not save you guys from the hilarious house of Frankenstein. <laughs> Uh, which is, by the way, what what they are covering. Matt, could you give us before before these guys get into telling us what what happened? Well, that's that's generous. <laughs> what happened? Does anyone know? Give us a little background. What what is this thing that you have chosen for them to review for us? All right. So basically, uh, the last time uh, Al picked Voyagers, which was a TV show he remembered liking from when he was a kid. So when it was when it was my turn to pick, I figured I'd pick something that I enjoyed when I was a kid, which was this, The Hilarious House of Frightenstein, a Canadian sketch comedy show about a bunch of monsters and doctors um, that I thought was from the nineteen, the late 70s and turns out to have been from 1971 mm-hmm. um, with, a, with a bunch of uh, guys, uh, excuse me, one guy and a few other guys in various forms of makeup doing laugh-in style jokes at the camera um, with maybe a little too much improvisation and a lot of Vincent Price. Well, Vincent Price, I, I looked this up on Wikipedia. Vincent Price apparently recorded uh, 400 interstitials over the course of four days, took a giant paycheck and never came back. Mm-hmm. And when I say improv. <laughs> Like when I say improvisation, I don't mean like improv. I mean like, okay, guys, we have one take. Um, try to film. Yeah, this it. is 1971, so film costs money, so you better get it right. Uh huh. The- oh, yeah, boy. and they filmed 130 episodes over nine months. Yep. Oh my god. But no, I remember That's- I would wake up in the morning, like when I woke up early, I would watch this show. Um, I believe now, to be clear, a half an hour. To be clear, you were not alive in 1971. This was rerunning when you were a kid in the like the late 80s. Yeah, we're talking like 80, probably like 86, 87, 88. <laughs> yeah, so it, it carried on 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 uh, Canadian television for at least 20 years. Uh, longer. Like this was Possibly still running longer. on Canadian TV in the uh, <laughs> now. 2000. <laughs> oh, God. Well, our our friend Sabrina, who uh, is your long time like childhood friend, and mm-hmm. who still does voices for us over on the other show, says she owns the DVD box set. She does, this. apparently. So that exists, and we know someone who bought it. Mm-hmm. 
so that's a thing. <laughs> like, uh, I was I, watching. The- I was watching it, and I all I can think is, okay, monsters and music from the seventies. Yeah, this actually explains a lot about how I turned out. The the one thing I wanted to point out, and then we'll let uh, the Gavs get to their their summary, is Wikipedia says Mike Myers says that this show is an important formative influence on his comedy. Ah. So uh, thanks for that. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> you can draw a straight line from this right to the love guru. <laughs> Which I believe is still Mike Myers' last movie. Like he hasn't done anything to to wash the taste out of, of, of people's mouths of that movie yet. No, it's just because you count that Glorious Bastards cameo. Does he does he do documentaries? I think so. Yeah. Really? Huh. On what? Well, that's not. Uh, on the straight line film list. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think we've done enough setup. If you guys, called? it's called uh, oh, I can't remember trapezoid or something. Ah, right. Anyway. Well, if I, I think we've done enough prefacing here. If you guys are drunk enough now to uh, to tell us what what exactly we we're in for here, please uh, please do so. All right, here we go then. Darkness falls across the screen. The midnight tower nowhere to be seen. Your hands crawl in search of the remote. A screams arise from your throat, and whosoever shall be found listening to this awful sound must stand and face this show from hell and turn into a corpse shell though it's only just started to air it feels like 40,000 years and grisly ghouls from every tomb are closing in to seal your doom and though you fight to stay alive your body starts to whine for no mere mortal can resist the evil of Frightenstein <laughs> wait, 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 uh, we're going to rhyme? Isn't that like a uh... waste of time? <laughs> no, but aren't we putting in too much effort when the Frankenstein writers themselves came up short? I'm not sitting on the fence, but I use the word writers in as loose as possible sense. Plus, I just did a poem for Voyager last week. I'm more than a one-trick pony, so to speak. Oh, and now here's a science bit, I guess. This episode makes me question the freedom of the press. And now here's Vincent Price. No time for that. A gorilla with dice. <laughs> no, I'm not even joking. Like, I need more for provo- provoking. What's the deal with this show, I hear you all shout? Truth is, I don't know what the fuck it's about. <laughs> Neither did the actors, as none of this is scripted, leaving the whole thing a mess. Who could have predicted Comedy, education, sketch after sketch. To say any of it's good, though, would be a stretch. As I watch the 20th punchline miss, I think to myself, the fuck is any of this? <laughs> Joy to the fishes in the deep blue sea, because this shirt so have sucked it out of me. Jesus, my energy too is draining. I mean, at least the room was entertaining. No matter how much shell this gets you down, you're not alone in your grief. Just go out and buy what you want, don't overspend, and keep on brushing your teeth. All is not lost as there's a brilliant bit. Actually, that's genus as it's actually shit. It takes you on a journey through a nature reserve, and when you think you've arrived, it throws you a curve. Down into the cellar behind a third bottle of wine, and there you'll find the eventual punchline. The show's over now, and I question my sanity. It really was a crime against humanity. I'll make this concise and really not too vague, but we'll take the showrunner to the crimes court in The Hague. <laughs> oh, very, very well done. Wonderful. Guys. Yeah, so much more entertaining than. This. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of the a lot of the Vincent Price bits, uh, in case that wasn't clear, but it, I'm sure it is. But uh, were. In that, like, rhyming, like, it felt like Michael Jackson years later when he made Thriller in 1983 mm-hmm. watched this show and said, you know what my massive pop hit, the greatest pop hit in the history of pop music needs? Something from this show. Yet, yet another <laughs> uh, entertainment genius influenced by Frightenstein. You're all welcome. <laughs> Thriller is unquestionably one of the, the greats, but now it's it's ruined for me because <laughs> Vincent Price's pretty great shtick in that song came from this. Like, oh, really? Ooh, gross. <laughs> so, yeah. So what I'm getting is you guys didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Irish Kevin and I were talking like I honestly would rather watch the Star Wars holiday special again than this. English Kev, how do you feel about that? Uh, I think I'd rather watch that again, actually. It's okay. <laughs> As you said, at least it had some Star Wars in it. Yeah, Star yeah Trek. exactly. <laughs> Star Trek? Star Wars. Oh, let's not confuse the poor talking. lad. <laughs> <laughs> one, one, getting... uh, one focus at a time. You're going to confuse him. <laughs> I just, like, I honestly... There was so much attempted comedy, and I think that bothers me way more than something that takes itself seriously. Well, it's I mean, a lot of people who think they're funny. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, well, trying to act. Camera. It seems to be mainly one person. Uh, y- yes. I will give it credit. I didn't realize it was mostly one guy until the credits came up, and it, there were like three names. I'm like, wait, what? There were like ten characters. Yeah. That was all one guy? That was that was somewhat impressive, I guess. I mean, it shows you what uh, shitty makeup will do for you. And accents, lots of accents. I but usually I'm pretty good at recognizing when I hear the same voice, and I didn't. So mm. that's something, I guess. So I'm, good, I'm real struggling here, guys. So good work, Frightenstein. <laughs> no, let's not go that far. That's being overly uh, generous. Yeah, and they the called it the hilarious house of Frankenstein. Uh, yeah, it's right there and in the title. It doesn't seem to be that much comedy in it either. There's some attempted comedy, but yeah, there's yeah. a lot of not yeah, comedy. Yeah, there was some obvious comedy bits, but they throw in like the educational bits and all your other mm-hmm. typical Sesame Street type shows, right? And preaching and stuff that obviously haven't got any comedy bits in them. And uh, but this was your bad thing, right? Like the the educational bits weren't really educational; they kind of rambled. Yeah, I, they they got too caught up in their own characters or what else was happening. Sure. Like they forgot what they were trying to do with the educational bits and they distracted themselves all the time. So it was just like, what are you trying to get across to the kids here or whoever's supposed yeah, I, to watch it? I tried to I tried to look at this from the perspective of a kid and I did not really get what they were trying to teach me. I, Here's an animal, and then they just the camera just kind of wanders around for a while. The, I'm like, oh, okay. That's the an weirdest thing for me with that was the professor stuff right at the end, where they basically just have a guy come out to teach science lessons, and I'm watching them like a physics lesson, really? Like, yeah. Who, like, what's the age for? Like, I wouldn't have fucking understood this when I was watching it at four. Like, no, the, the target age definitely seemed to be a moving target. Like, they would, they would do some stuff that kind of maybe appealed to like your Sesame street age kids. And then, yeah, he was talking about like geometry and physics. Yeah. Wait, what? That was, and, and also badly. Mm-hmm. Like so just if, weirdly out of nowhere, just like, here is how a wheel spins. Uh huh. Yeah. And then, uh, here's a potato. <laughs> here's you, how you, you shove a you, straw through a potato. Well, you say <laughs> potato. I say, Oh God, make it stop. <laughs> <laughs> That might have been my favorite bit because it was right near the end. <laughs> Apparently, there was a documentary oh, my... after it. Yeah, oh, yeah, I I'm did. Pretty sure I we all skipped that. I watched it. God. Well, some. I mean, I looked at Wikipedia. You want a little background on the thing you're watching. Matt is well familiar with it, so mm. he didn't need that. Yeah, I, I watched it. I continued on watching it because I was. I noticed there were 20 minutes left on the video, so I was unsure whether it was part of the show or not. And then I sort of got slightly interested in how they made this mess of a show. <laughs> this hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> what, was there, were there inter- any interesting like tidbits of information in that documentary? All, I think all they ever talked about was uh, it's about 15% scripted. And as it went on, it went down to 10%, and then it was like oh. maybe 5% scripted. Yeah, you, so you basically, basically, <laughs> when the one we watched was the most scripted it ever was. This is the best we could expect from this. Matt picked the quintessential example. <laughs> yes, picked the best one. If oh. I picked you mean it was the first full episode that popped up on YouTube, then yes. <laughs> also for any of you wondering this the full episode and the documentary as as they mentioned is on youtube uh obviously it can be watched at least we can speak for the u.s and the uk hopefully everywhere but we will put a link to that mm-hmm. in the show notes if you if you want to check this thing out yeah I, I think you can tell watching it that the bit that is scripted in every scene is the punchline and it's like yeah it's all about the fuck to work up to that. <laughs> yeah here's here's where you need to build to now go 
And uh, back again, back in 1971, they probably, well, it looked like they shot it on video. It looked real cheap, mm. but I, I, it's not like now where you just have, you can just shoot forever and cut it down to the best bits. I imagine they were probably pressed for time and, and tape. So they had to like, they couldn't just keep doing it until they did something funny. They just basically used the first take. I would imagine. Yeah, no, the the watchword on the on the show was probably stretch this out until we play a duck noise to let you know that the scene is over, and then <laughs> look at the camera and be all sheepish. Yeah, but, but that was basically my bad thing was that there was really long sketches leading up to a punchline that a Christmas cracker would be ashamed of. <laughs> They, they did those weird and Matt Matt was right in call. I was surprised you know this reference, Matt, that, mm. that they were like laugh in style because that's what it was. I just I surprised you've seen laugh in. Well, I uh, I was more referencing like when you would cut away to one of the characters who would just say something. Yeah, that's what I'm. Yeah, yeah it, it also reminded me of uh, Python did that when they'd cut away to someone going lemon curry yeah. and then cut back like what, what was that? Why? <laughs> Yeah, and and they did it in The Simpsons in one of them. This sketch should be keelhauled or whatever episode. Yeah, that right, was. right. Yeah, yeah. Well, but they that were, was my, they were, that was my good thing that they weren't bad when they made sense. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that when, when they made sense. Yes, but they yeah. shouldn't have had the guy saying this show could be a lot worse. Uh, yeah. Well, there's still a hundred and some odd episodes left. So. <laughs> oh God, a hundred and some. 130 were made. Oh my god! <laughs> In over well, nine months. I, I, I'm just gonna that's, say that's, this. That's like one been... every two days. Ah, <laughs> that's like a new episode every day for half a year. Ah, this is what you should watch after Enterprise. No, <laughs> fact, this is. This is my bad thing. This might literally be the most painful thing I've ever watched, and I sat through seven seasons of Voyager. You also are a regular watcher of Mystery Science Theater. Yeah, but that has... You, you know what the big difference there is? I bet you can spot it. It's right there in the lower right-hand corner of the screen. That has some great comedians making it palatable. This did not have that. Jokes, son. It has jokes. Ah. Uh. Okay, since we've all done our bad things, Matt, you go, you go ahead. What do you got? Uh, so there's a dance sequence in this uh, in this show. <laughs> there sure and is. I want to be clear that the, they do this every episode. <laughs> God. Now they got a real song. They uh-huh. paid for a real, not a cover, not an original song, but the actual yep. pop song that was that we all know, the version that we all know. So yeah. that's uh, something. That's, that's where ninety percent of the budget went. I learned yeah. uh, what's on the DVD that Sabrina owns is the ones where they could get the they could get the the music rights. Yeah, that makes sense. Like there, there certain shows are have a problem like because of music rights. That's a big thing. Like uh, yeah. the the sketch show, the state had problems for a long time because they were on MTV and could use any music they wanted. And then when they put the DVD out, it's like, fuck, this music actually costs money. Yeah. It's also why Daria couldn't get on DVD for years. Yeah. Uh, Ali McBeal had the same problem. They mm-hmm. used a ton of music in that. Yeah. So, yeah. It happens a lot. So basically what these dance sequences are is uh, this, the Wolfman character who is doing a terrible impression of Wolfman Jack uh-huh. uh, get, announces a song gets up and then dances in front of a green screen that plays psychedelic colors while he himself is in silhouette. Um, and then the Igor character who is identified by a giant eye on his stomach, because I guess you can't tell who this giant bald man is comes out and, (laughs) and dances. And that dude is clearly giving it his all. That is a man who has been told that he needs to dance to this music and is enjoying the fuck out of it. Well, okay, let's be clear. We've applaud that. We've said this before. They shot almost 200 episodes over nine months. This was the first one. Uh-huh. I bet if you go to episode like 100, <laughs> he's not nearly as energetic. No, he should go sign that says "Kill me now." They probably shot like what five of these a day or something. Uh huh. And by month three, he's just like, uh, uh, he's like Krusty the Clown. Uh, uh, oh, this this part's always death. Uh. Here we are into our 338th consecutive hour. Because of one little boy who won't let me sleep. <laughs> do you think when Vincent Price left after two weeks, everyone was like, where the fuck is he going? Why do we have to stay? Hey, I, the oh, only reason sorry. I signed on for this, the only reason I signed on for this was the chance to work with the great Vincent Price. Where is he going? <laughs> I'd have to talk to any of you, you losers. I'm out of here. Um, and then he that, got you, his monsters mobile and drove away. 
Right. <laughs> and he, I, four days was what it took him. Uh-huh. Like he did it within one week, not even a full work week. <laughs> I'm going Impressive. back to work on my cookbook now. Uh, was was that your entire bad thing, Matt? I, feel uh, like you had a... I would also like to alternately, uh, while we're talking about the dance sequences, uh, the Wolfman, on the other hand, has some of the worst, whitest dance move I've ever seen. And keep in mind, I was at my own wedding. <laughs> um, he basically picks up a guitar. He doesn't even air guitar. He picks up a guitar and pretends to play it, and it's just it. It looks like he's got like a like a back problem or something. The <laughs> sort of lurches around. Give that to Igor, the guy who's supposed to be a hunchback. Yeah, no. Igor is just a big dude who's dancing his heart out. Like I got nothing but yeah. respect for that. I I think I think you may have switched your good things and bad things. No. Maybe, oh no. Okay. So this dance sequence is your good thing then. Uh huh. Okay. I no, I it. asked you what your bad thing was, and I think you went to your good thing because yeah. you love this show so much. Uh huh. <laughs> so my bad thing. Was- uh, this show features all of the classic monsters: the vampire, the Frankenstein, the Wolfman, the Igor, the witch, the yogi, the mosquito, and the veterinarian. <laughs> the classic Universal movie monsters. <laughs> Well, they're all going to be in a shared universe soon, so uh, watch Gosh. for that veterinarian movie. Oh boy! <laughs> don't forget. Hey, the, wait! Don't forget the weird okay. blonde Superman. Oh, and the weird blonde Afro Superman. Yeah, Not curly sure blonde what that Superman. Was. He, he was. The, he looked like the greatest American hero. Yeah, kind of. Except in Canada, so the greatest Canadian hero. And and wait, probably, probably years before that as well. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. at least ten. Wait, so, the Yogi. Maybe that's where the love doctor came from. Um, actually, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Oh God, that was that was definitely, if not borderline racist, maybe actually just racist. Uh, if not, then the Oracle one definitely was. Yeah, there was some problematic stuff in here for sure. Uh huh. Hey, you know what the kids think is hilarious? Accents. I mean, in 1971, <laughs> I, I th- that stuff was still around when I was a kid. About ten mm-hmm. years later, so it, it probably was. Yeah, there's a lot of that in like the cartoons of the time too. Like, it's, it's not. It wasn't that long ago people were doing that. Mm-hmm. So, <sighs> did you guys manage to find any kind of good things? Good thing. Oh, I did. Yeah, my laughing. Oh right, you, yeah, you mentioned yeah. yours. Uh, what about Return you? Yeah, I didn't think that the the count and the ego were all that bad. <laughs> no, you're a good thing. No, yeah. you're not all we're, gra- we're grading on a curve here. <laughs> good for this show. Mm-hmm. I, I thought at times they did have some uh, decent comedy between. There was them. some good wordplay stuff. Yeah, yeah. and, and as the only people who actually talked to each other, they played off each other very well. Yeah, yeah, a lot of the well, they had a couple of good one-liners. Good they had. Yeah. yeah, yeah, with gusto was the one I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. yeah you thought it was a bit like uh, what do you call them? What the, the Mars Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah. I that might be a it's little the, generous, but it's not quite as well, good thought, as them. Yeah, but it, that, it's yeah. it's all that wordplay style comedy that you yeah, get from yeah, Maxwell yeah. and Police Academy and Angie Tribeca, and they I, do wait, a lot. Police of, Academy. Yeah, they do. Like the, or. Oh, you mean uh, in Play Squad? Yeah, sorry. Squad, oh, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah, very very different. <laughs> Police Academy were the slapstick films where um, uh, Steve Guttenberg and uh, Bobcat Goldthwait. Bobcat Goldthwait. Yeah. And the woman yeah. was quiet, and then she was loud. And it was all <laughs> oh, yeah. Actually, Actually that I has, would watch that has a lot in common with this show. Yeah, I would watch any of those before I watch this again. Yet another, another uh, hit, American hit that was influenced by the hilarious House of Frightenstein. You're all welcome. <laughs> oh, you, you act like you're somehow responsible for this. Like these people were probably all dead by the time you watched this. I'm responsible for you knowing what it is. <laughs> That's true. And don't think I'm ever going to forget that. <laughs> my my good thing. Well, the the copyrighted song that we mentioned uh, that that the werewolf was dancing to was I always thought was called Jeremiah was a bullfrog, but apparently it's called Joy to the World. So I I guess I learned something. Mm. That's all I got. 
<laughs> those song choices, like we're talking about a lot of sixties and seventies stuff, and none of those songs yeah. are edited. So you get so stuff we, you get stuff like House of the Rising Sun, which okay. is about a whorehouse. Oh. Yeah, but kids don't know that. Yeah, I mean, and they play I, the entire song. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely play the entire song. And <laughs> I I will say good song, and uh it's been stuck in my head since I watched the episode. Yep. So this one that. this one's called Stairway to Heaven, so strap the fuck in. We're gonna be here. <laughs> <laughs> the entirety of Inagata Davida, the long version. <laughs> oh, no, Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> oh, God. At least that so, changes. <laughs> so, wait, Al, you said uh, you learned something. Uh, yes. What about the science section? Did you not learn anything? Yeah. <laughs> well, of, of the four of us, you're the one with the most knowledge and interest in science. Would you say there was any scientific content there of value whatsoever? Oh, come on. You, I you, think you I lost to... some knowledge, I think. <laughs> you learned how to <laughs> shove a straw into a potato. When's that well, we made a special point of saying he, he used a paper straw, not a plastic straw. Like, that yeah. was a point of pride. Yep. What? what? Why? I mean, like, look, I've met I've met friends of my grandparents who are very much like that. Uh, yeah, that's what this felt like. This felt like friends of your grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also, there was a guy in a gorilla suit, which kind of oh, reminded me of the, li- the the live action filmation Ghostbusters. Uh-huh. That's it was about that level. Yeah, and and at one point he seemed to be making a wanking motion. <laughs> well. I mean, if Which, gorillas are known no for one wonder thing. to a golf ball at his head. We're trying to get him to stop. Just no, not on camera. <laughs> so you're saying it's a real gorilla, not a not a guy in a suit. Yeah, no, it, it was a real, very sick gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> you knew it was. You knew it wasn't an animal because it was the only thing that uh, only animal that was in uh, not in, in a cage. That wasn't in a cage. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> also, uh, what the hell, man? I'm like, well, I figured our children's entertainment needed more cruelty. <laughs> you know, uh, Sesame Street started in 1969. So this was Canada's answer to Sesame Street, I can only assume. Like, yep. okay, we need to. We you, need can to bet, you can bet that's on the DVD cover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so we gave the world, you know, Big Bird and, and teaching people how to count. And you gave them this. Mm-hmm. Thanks for that. <laughs> Oh boy. Um that that's all I have. Anything else uh, from you? Oh, but there's so much more. We haven't broken down any of the sketches. <laughs> Can I say that Griselda was possibly the worst of them all? Oh, with the with the terrible Julia Childs impression? You can say that and you will not be contradicted by me. Nope. <laughs> also, to be clear, not a woman. Probably oh no. That same dude. Like no, there were no was, women in this it was at all. the same guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, just oh, oh. No, one, and, one and bats, one. sorry, bats and cauldrons does not rhyme with anything. No, that's true. Just, no, just just, and that made me think of married with children, which then made me think. Actually, I'd rather watch that than this. <laughs> Your turn, guy. I was <laughs> say the only other good thing that I can think of with this. It reminded me of Mitchell and Webb show. Which bit? That's, that's uh, high praise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you know the sketch with a guy that can't stop moving his hands? I think so. Yeah, when he's trying <laughs> yes, to yes. do an interview on camera. Oh, yeah, 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 I know. Yeah, yeah the, he's, like, he's, he's like a uh, documentary uh, yeah. uh, narrator. Yeah, the yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah, it was here, in the field. Blah, 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 yes. blah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, he reminds me of Vincent Price. I, I just started looking at him through a lot of scenes, and he just would not stop moving his arms. <laughs> well, they gave him a giant sack of money, and he went and bought Coke before he started. <laughs> Very fidgety. No, by that he means he, he bought the company Coke. <laughs> <laughs> he bought cocaine, all cocaine. I, I really don't think that was the drug of choice on the set of this show. Uh... Everyone was pretty, uh, pretty laid back. I get well. There's definitely some acid in there somewhere. Uh-huh. TV, the safe TV equivalent of look. Here's some psychedelic stuff, but now it's not for drug people. It's for kids. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is that a uh, HR uh, puffin stuff thing? Oh, uh, 
Yeah, there's something I watched as a kid that I don't want to think about again. <laughs> then there was the uh, sketch. The sketch. It was a sketch. Where he's, where he's basically reading uh, oh, the librarians. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that oh, was yeah. Brilliant. Or he's yeah. reading the story of the fox and the goat. Yeah. Disguised yeah this is in the public story. domain. This will waste some time. A story with a moral attached to it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, I just was halfway through that story and I thought, so wait, the fox and the grain across first. Is that, is that what I. <laughs> well, if you leave the fox with the goat, he'll ride the goat across the stream and the... <laughs> To freedom. <laughs> <laughs> I would much rather watch a fox ride a goat across the stream. <laughs> That's a YouTube video. I'd much rather watch than this. The weird thing about that scene, that sketch too was that like I, I, it reminded me that you used to be able to do a children's show where someone on camera would just read a book. Well, that's, I mean, from a writer's perspective, hey, here's three minutes that Aesop already wrote for us. Mm-hmm. Let's go to lunch. <laughs> but I mean, like... I forgot that you could do, like, that was a viable children's show option back in the day. Just read this story to kids, I guess. And the thing is, if you got an hour-long story, having a, or an hour-long episode, a story time sec- segment isn't necessarily bad. But in good kids' shows, you'll have some illustrations or a little bit of animation or some puppets, something acting out the story, not just mm-hmm. a guy reading to you. <laughs> the, the oldest man in the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I think I'd rather not talk about this anymore unless you guys have any further business. <laughs> Uh, not really. Uh, have you a quote? Have we a quote? Oh, yes. My quote is Gav uh, saying this. What the fuck is any of this? <laughs> that, was my, that was my best memory of this as well. <laughs> good, good pick. Do, I just, do you want to just say said... it again? <laughs> yeah, let's play it. Let's hear that one again. What the fuck is any of this? Ah, oh, good job. All right. I, before, pushing forward. Before bid adieu, oh. I would just like to say I love uh, Irish Gav's note here. Why does Dracula have four phones? <laughs> <laughs> A question for the ages. <laughs> uh, before before we bid adieu, I just like to say fuck you, Matt. Fair enough. <laughs> okay, now to to the thing that the Gav chose for us, which uh, we do not deserve this in in light of what we did to you. We do not. This is a pleasant show that I enjoyed legitimately when it aired. Pushing daisies. This, this Al told me this was our episode, and I instantly felt terrible. Yeah, he got he got like, oh, oh, I, that's not the game I thought we were playing. Oh, oh. man. <laughs> and jokes aside, I, I imagine if he'd heard this first, he would not have chosen that. <laughs> but uh, we, we, I mean, there's certainly funny things to say about it, which hopefully one or two of will be in this summary I'm about to read to you. Here we go. The facts are these. The first half of this story... Mm, sorry, I'm, I'm doing what the narrator of this show is doing. I'm, I'm mocking English accents. Sorry, guys. That's, that's, uh, I do that on a different show, not this one. <laughs> the facts are these. The first half of this story is told to us, not shown, in the grand tradition of exactly what you're not supposed to do when making a television show. Although, in fairness, they do show the exact things that are being told to you, so it's more like descriptive audio service for the blind. And what a visual it is, because the colors and the whimsy and the twee levels make you think Roald Dahl had a baby with Tim Burton. Which is ridiculous, because Roald Dahl hated children. Obviously. (laughs) Anyway, the facts, as I said, are these. There's a pie maker with a really complicated magical power. Seriously, it takes them, like, almost half of this pilot, which is called Pilet, do you get it? To explain this. Uh He can bring back the dead. Oh, did you just get that? (laughs) (laughs) He can bring back the dead, except he can only do it for one minute. And don't feed them after midnight, unless they're on a plane, and they get pie stuck in their teeth, they can come back for 67 seconds, but only on Thursdays if you're carrying a draw four card. They explained it to us for 20 minutes, and I'm still not entirely clear on the premise. I am clear, however, that these are not rules that should exist in nature. Fact the second, the pie maker who might have a name? It's Ned. Not that you'd know that from the amount of the times it's spoken. Is in love with a Zoe Deschanel impersonator named Chuck, who used to live across the street and dress as a Godzilla. We told you this was complicated. And Twee is a professor's jacket. No, sir, that's Tweed. So the pie maker's pie making mother dies of a hilarious brain clot, but then the pie maker makes her alive again. And then Chuck, but not the plank of wood we've been complaining about for two years, Chuck's dad <laughs> dies because pie maker Jones's mom came back to life, but then she touches him and dies again because of the affirmation com- mentioned complicated rules. Actually, I'm starting to see why this needed four hours of exposition. 
So then Chuck goes to live with her, her spinster mermaid aunts in a haunted house with thousands of parrots. You know, that old trope. And Pineacre <laughs> never sees her again. To be completely clear, everything Matt just said is true. Spinster ants, mermaids, haunted house, parrots. Oh, but son of Pie Maker's mom does see Chuck again when she dies. Because he's since learned to use his very specific, very complicated powers to solve very specific, very complicated crimes. He does this with the help of a man who I'm pretty sure was named Balthazar Edison? So the purple pie man brings Chuck back to life and accidentally lets her live for more than 60 seconds, uh, like he's supposed to, resulting in the murder of a comically shitting fat man named, no kidding, Shats. Nobody seems very bothered by this premeditated murder, which our protagonist is very much aware of. He just sort of shrugs it off because now his childhood Godzilla girlfriend is back, so fuck you, fat man. So, <laughs> solve both Chuck's murder and the disappearance of some monkey statues. Yes, really, what part of whimsy don't you fucking understand? Pie Man, <laughs> Chuck, and Balthazar reunited the haunted mansion, which only looked like a haunted mansion until Chuck, a dead person, entered it, making it literally a haunted mansion, and confront that most deadly of foes, a guy with access to bright pink bags for murdering. But the murder is on the other foot as he's shot to death by a mermaid. Thankfully, the mermaid aunt never learns of her recently resurrected niece because she's wearing an eye patch. Also, nobody thinks to check who the murderer was, possibly because they're all late to watch a penguin and some storks dance on top of an anthropomorphic double-decker bus in a top hat and monocle. The end. Whimsy! Whimsy. <laughs> Yeah, we watched the. I, I watched this anyway when it first aired. I think you said you did as well, right, Matt? Yes, I actually I watched it's, a couple episodes of this show. Uh, this is a show I. This is one of those shows I enjoyed watching with my mom. Yeah, it was, it was only about ten years ago. Actually, Brian Fuller, uh, who uh, the the creator of Fairhaven, mm -hmm. uh, also good things, but also Fairhaven. Let's never forget. Um, what was twenty years ago? I I don't care. <laughs> We were all doing things 20 years ago we would be ashamed of now. I don't know what it is. <laughs> what, Fairhaven? Yeah. It was oh, dear. Boys, boys or Irish yeah. episode. You watched uh, it because you said to me, oh, when you get to this episode, let's watch all the Starship Voyager episodes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you yeah, didn't stop me. <laughs> I didn't stop you because it was good to uh, have you along. <laughs> uh, you, you wanted, to, you wanted to, to send home a be careful what you wish for message there. <laughs> Okay, let's watch all of Voyager, Gav. <laughs> oh, why did I wish that? <laughs> you monkeys pawed him. <laughs> no, I Brian Fuller, I, because it's a recent experience to me, I'm still a little irritated with him writing that episode where Seven was violated and everyone didn't believe her. Like the episode yeah, was basically about people who get raped sometimes lie about it was the was the lesson of that episode written by Brian Fuller so i'm a, like and i know it was 20 years ago but to me it was recent and he's done better things since then he did this show but i'm still a little it's still bothering me cuz it didn't happen that long ago from my point mm -hmm. of view so but i like this show it was yeah. a fun show to watch absolutely it is whimsical as fuck but uh, you know fun uh huh no um, definite definite whimsy yeah i i think we got that that across in our summary but it's, it's so like the omnipresent it's not it's not danny elfman music but it's basically danny elfman mm -hmm. music just constant like bright colors and yeah i love the vibrant colors in it just oh yeah everything yeah. was so primary it's, yeah like it's just so happy so it happy. makes you feel happy it's like well, and it's, creation. it's a good contrast because it's a it's a show about death so it mm -hmm. looks happy but it's also about horrible you know uh, murders and stuff. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, that's the, like, that's my good thing is like as whimsical as fuck as this thing may be. And it is, there's definitely was nothing like it on TV at the time, which is probably why it got fucking shit canned. Like it, it, it got like two seasons, maybe three. Like, I don't know. I think it got one. Did it get it two seasons? Two. Damn. Two. Yeah. Yeah. 22 episodes. All right. Well, I have something to watch now, apparently. Um, <laughs> No, like this show is fucking gorgeous. Yeah, like no, it, it opens and it looked very like the kid in like a big field of, of daisies, and it's so fucking vibrant, and yeah. just, like all of the locations are beautiful and weird. The fucking his his pie shop, the haunted house, the beautiful pie shop. Yeah, yeah. other and places, I'm sure. Especially since we know, okay, they keep talking about him being a pie maker. This is the main character and this is his job. This is going to be the establishing shot we see 50 times an episode. Mm. They went like to extra lengths, I think, to make that 
okay, we can spend a bunch of money on the pilot because then we're going to have to use this over and over again. And they made it something interesting mm-hmm. so that it's never just that boring shot of the outside of a building. It's always like, oh, that's a weird fucking pie shaped building. That's cool. Wedge between two regular shaped buildings, which yeah. I also loved. <laughs> and this this originally aired in 2007, and uh, TV was just starting to get more cinematic at that point, but it definitely was the most, as I mean, I wasn't watching everything, but I, I watch a lot of stuff, and it was definitely the most visually interesting thing I can think of from around that time, and even, even to now, I would say. Cool. Excuse me, yeah. Just uh, quite good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, definitely the better of the of the two shows we watched. This oh, week. I look. Let's, yeah, <laughs> but, but I mean, really, there's I mean, not much look, we can make fun of. It, it, it's <laughs> oh, there's some. I mean, the whimsy. Let's be clear. Yeah, but how many times can you say whimsy? <laughs> it did. It did get a bit much, I would say, and that's kind of why I stopped watching it in the first place. Like, I watched it into season two, and I kind of like, okay, every week this is just like bright colors and that music and and all the characters just kind of running in place and like the visual stuff wasn't enough for me (laughs) as i recall like they play and amanda pointed this out she watched this with us she does not like the trope of the untouchable woman which i didn't realize was a trope until she said that for what is that yeah but when you think about it it's like yeah that is a little that's got some some baggage there like the unattainable you know the dude who wants to kiss the the perfect girl and he can't and like okay that might be a problem oh like Like, it's not uh, yeah, like a lot of things. Uh-huh. But explain it to me in comic books, Al. <laughs> it, it it's the opposite of Rogue, though, isn't it? No, because she can't touch anyone because of her powers. Yeah, but this is specifically our main character, the dude, can't touch the woman that he loves. Right. She can't touch anyone, so little little different. But uh, right. you know, I the the point is the point she was making was that after a while, especially. And it's like, okay, what what is this really about? Is this about nice guys not getting the girl, maybe? That's not great. Hey, so, I brought you back to life. Why don't you fuck me? Yeah, basically. <laughs> but I, that said, you know, in, in this in this one episode, it is quite good. And I do like the lead guy. I know that's one of, like, Tidro's, like, uh, lanky boy crushes. He's, like, eight feet tall. Yeah, he is. With, uh, with six-foot eyebrows. Yeah. Yeah, acting alongside took some really, really tiny actresses. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At one point, Matt was like, so is is the pie maker guy standing on a box and Chuck is like in the basement? Or is this yeah. really the height difference between the two? <laughs> he, he's, uh, he's on a box and she's in a trench. It's reverse uh, Tom. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's weird that he's never done anything. Well, he's done stuff, but he's never really been successful in anything else. Yeah, he hasn't been the lead in anything. He was the villain in the first Guardians of the Galaxy, but that Which was is a bit a weird as well. Because oh, yeah. he was just, I mean, he's quite good in this, but in that he was just made to be bland. Yeah, yeah that that could have been anybody in that movie. That was my big problem with that movie was the villain was just forgettable and nothing. Yeah. And uh, honestly, I felt like I he, maybe uh, when he goes for interviews for, well, uh, tryouts or what, whatever you call them. <laughs> right. Uh, auditions. auditions. Auditions, that's the word. Yeah. He says, yeah, I'm all right with this, but I can't touch your main character. <laughs> I, I you don't think do he's got that. this. Yeah, I <laughs> think he's got this complicated power in real life. Oh, right. so, yeah. they have, so they had to write it into the script for this ah. show because they actually had this problem. That's how they got Chris Pratt looking so good for Guardians. He accidentally killed him and brought him back to life. <laughs> well, that's much better than him having to. Um, Having to tone up for it. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, let's see. My um, my good thing. There is some great fast talking dialogue, and that's sort of his girl Friday mold that I'm quite fond of. Like when oh, sure. when Chuck and the main guy get going back and forth. There's a lot of bah, 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 like really almost hard to follow, but not so fast that it's completely hard to follow. But you definitely have to pay full attention to get what's going on, and I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very it's much quite... like uh, Aaron Sorkin does a fairy tale. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I could definitely absolutely. And these guys do have good chemistry pretty much from day one. Like this is their first time acting together, and they are you already see the potential in the show because these two are fun to watch together. Well, and they almost like the fact that they almost instantly fall in love with each other. Like I know he's been in love with her his whole life, but like the yeah. fact that she sort of reciprocates that right away actually kind of works with that. That's like fair. just the way they sort of fall into into each other. 
Well, and because it's a fairy tale and not meant to be completely realistic, that I suppose that's also true. Mm. It did save a life or something like that. Got her back from the dead. I suppose that's true. (laughs) Saved her life after she died. Yeah, (laughs) but to be clear, also killed her dad. So, (laughs) well, he hasn't known that that yet. Yeah, that's true. Also killed another guy that she does know about. Which mm-hmm. okay, he was an unpleasant fellow, but still killed him. Just who just cares about that comedic him. fat man? Nobody. That's who. <laughs> Never forget the pie maker killed a guy, <laughs> <laughs> and that guy went on to dance. Director Jeremiah was a bullfrog. <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody goes on to anything after that. <laughs> uh, what, what do you guys got for good things? Oh. Uh, well, for me, the general concept of it, uh, I mean, I liked his uh, previous work, Wonderfalls and Dead Like Me, and mm-hmm. sort of I mean, so that, that whole like weird sort of power in like a whimsy type world. And this, mm-hmm. I thought, oh, it definitely feels yeah. like in the same in the same mold as those other shows for sure. Yeah. It, another show it feels like, sorry, is a series of unfortunate events. Oh, definitely, definitely. That sort of I'm familiar like, with that, but I'll which, uh, the, uh, the world the world is sort of off. Mm. It's like that yeah. sort of almost Tim Burtony, almost like like the the world just isn't isn't real. Like it doesn't work. Well, it's uh, Barry Sonnenfeld who I believe did yeah. the Men in Black movies, didn't he? Yes, he did. <laughs> and he did yeah. the live action Tick. The, the original ah. one, not the one that's on now, but the one with Patrick Warburton. Mm. So, like, he, he knows his way around, you know, fantastic elements for sure. Whimsy. Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, Kev, you mentioned, uh, uh, what is it? Um, oh, God, Dead Like Me. Uh, mm. A show which I watched which gave me such terrible anxiety attacks. The, the the plot of that show is basically this girl dies and becomes a grim reaper and every week someone tells her specifically not to do something and then she does it and ruins the entire world repeat infinitely <laughs> I watched about six episodes of that show and almost threw up wow because uh-huh. no, you just like stop doing that thing that people yeah. are telling you not to yeah. do don't, don't do the thing well I'm going to go do the thing I hope I don't get caught oh I did I mean, I've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of Doctor Who episodes like that too. Okay, <laughs> companion that I'm with now, stay in the TARDIS, and they never stay in the TARDIS. Well, who would stay in the TARDIS? Uh, I mean, but there's know, a lot of cool shit true. to do in the TARDIS, isn't there? A pool? Yeah, but it ta- it travels through time and space. There's a lot of cool stuff to do outside the TARDIS too. Fuck yeah. that! I don't care what part of history we're in. I got access to a pool. <laughs> <laughs> So you you didn't uh, you didn't find the concept too like convoluted because on it like we made jokes but really how do you sell this premise to someone tuning in for the first time it's there's a lot to yeah. to explain there. I, I didn't find the actual concept or, or his powers and all the work all that complicated really. Okay, I mean you get right down to I mean, it. It's, it's quite. I bring people back to life. It's I'm relatively clear, simple, but there's a lot can fall out of it mm-hmm. that can right. be quite complicated. Which I like. It's, it's. Yeah, you've got your, yeah, you've got your the thing. Complex and, story. And there's always going to be yeah. pr- uh, a price on that, whatever mm-hmm. right. it is. No, and and to be clear, I didn't have any problem following it. I I completely yeah. understood what was happening. But sometimes I try to think in terms of okay, what it, what if a dummy tuned in and watched this? Would they get what's going on? And that's what's going to keep the show on the air. And yeah. I was worried that maybe mm. it was a little too complicated for the average viewer. Which well, is, in that case, I mean, shouldn't we be making shows for? Should we be, be dumbing down shows? Really? No, no, we no, do. No, 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 no. I'm not saying I'm not saying that, but that is that is how network TV works. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. we we do. The Big Bang Theory is going into its thirteenth season. <laughs> yeah. Well, and they're renewing. The they're renewing that show two seasons at a time now too. It has a spinoff now, I believe. Oh God. But no, I'm not. It's I'm not saying Fox, the Big Bang Theory uh, is uh, one of those shows where they just sit around and talk about the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> yeah. Hosted by what do you call him? What do you call him from Nerdist? That would be really funny if I'd remembered it immediately. Oh, uh, Chris, yeah, is it Chris? Hardwick. Hardwick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My brain said Chris Tucker. That's not right. <laughs> <laughs> Although I would watch that show. 
I love the idea of Chris Tucker hosting a show about the Big Bang Theory, especially since I don't watch the Big Bang Theory. Uh, okay. Uh, Irish Kev, what was what was your uh, good thing? My good thing was everyone else's bad thing, but uh, yeah. I liked the narrator. Okay. If you're if you're going to have a narrator, like doing a cover song, you should do something different. And there's nothing more different than getting one of the Carry On stars to read a slightly off the wall narration. Oh, he was so good. I love Jim Dale. He does. I don't know if I mentioned this on the show or not. He does the uh, uh, the Harry Potter um, books on tape that I've been listening to since Harry Potter started. Yeah, in in the UK it's Stephen Fry, and over here it's it's him. And uh, yeah, he is quite good. And I didn't realize I didn't make the Carry On connection. I watched a bunch of those old like old broad British comedies quite some time or not not that long ago. They're from a long time ago. I watched them recently mm. and did not put together that he he wasn't young and sexy, but they always presented him as young and sexy. And I did not put together right. that he's he's the distinguished older narrator now. Like he, he, he was young and sexy compared to everyone else. Yeah, was compared it. to Sid James, absolutely. <laughs> compared to Kenneth Williams, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. On my second watch, though, I, I saw uh, his name on the credits, and I thought, I can't remember Alan Dale being in this. <laughs> <laughs> Mixing up his character Jim from Neighbours and his real name, Dale. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, he was a, The thing is, my bad thing does involve the narrator. We'll get to that in a sec. I did actually like him. Like, I liked his voice, I liked his delivery, and he was a good choice. Mm-hmm. I just, I didn't like the actual device of it as all. But you're, you're right, he is a good narrator. You know, I, I just think the narration was... That adds to the whole fairy tale thing of the show. It does, yeah. it absolutely and, does. and it probably was heavy at the start, just to get the concept going. But then after that, it'll just go back to um, back, background narration. No, <laughs> and that, 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 I do like the narrator as well, though. Well, Even again, I like I like back. the actual narrator. Yeah. It's just the I and I like the device of a narrator because I mean I'm a big Arrested Development fan. I'm fine with the narrator carrying half the story if you do it right. It just if your pilot is mostly a guy telling you what's happening instead of showing, it just I don't know. Like it's we kind of talked about this already. It just feels like maybe it was a little too complicated. Like I wish there were more scenes of the characters interacting with each other and less. Yeah, setting up what they're doing. You know, I, I, mean? I kind of like, I feel like that was a necessary evil for this show, though. It's just like, OK, let's just get all of this out of the way in the pilot and yeah. then we don't have to talk well, about I'm, it anymore. It's just part I'm of not the saying take the narrator out. I'm saying maybe 50 percent less narrator might be good. Mm. That's all like definitely yeah, still have I, something. I think that I, I think the narrator seemed to overcomplicate some stuff sometimes. Yeah. And yeah, you find yourself it. trying to focus on what the narrator is saying and is not actually saying anything. And No, he should be getting you into the story and then connecting the scenes. And it felt like there were entire five minute chunks of just him talking. And I kind of just wanted to get on with it. But no, to be clear, I liked him and I liked the device of him. I just thought they used him too much. Yeah. And, the, and then they all went to the bookstore together in an automobile. And then they were there for about 20 minutes. And then Hermione <laughs> and showed up. seconds. <laughs> <laughs> but then they do the thing he says. So yeah. it's like, why, why is this being narrated? I, I don't know. Because Brian but, Fuller wants to cut me a check because of my beautiful voice. <laughs> <laughs> You mean uh, Brian Fairhaven Fuller? <laughs> yes, the very That's same. His name now. Yeah. Uh, also, I'm worried about Discovery. That's that's the that's the other thing with Brian Fuller. It's like, oh, I hope that's not bad. I know, sweetie. I know. I, if it's good, then most will be forgiven. So. Uh huh. Yeah, but maybe that's why he bailed. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm worried about too. Oh God, this is going to be awful. See you. Oh no, See you, you folks. No, 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 no. Uh, but yeah, I, I more or less enjoyed this show. Like it, it really could get a little too syrupy, I thought. But mm. uh, overall, I, I enjoyed it, I would say. I get I'm kind of OK with that just because, you know, it's like nothing else. Like, yeah, yeah, that's true. It's so it's so it's so unique and it's so its own weird thing. Yeah. As, as I recall, 10 years ago or whenever it was. Yeah, about 10 years ago. I just, every week it kept kind of feeling like the same, like it is unique and different, but that's only going to carry you for so long. Mm -hmm. You need to do, you need to build on that. You need to do something in addition to that, move your characters around, give them an arc, do, do some development. And I don't feel like they did that. And just the look of it too, like Brian Fuller, man, that dude knows how to make shit look pretty. I mean, fucking most of Hannibal that like, just good God, look how gorgeous this shot is. 
Yeah, I I wasn't a fan, but I know that's a lot of what appealed to people about that mm-hmm. show. Absolutely. Um, what what else? Uh, what do, you, what do you guys got for bad things? Uh, mine is it got cancelled after two seasons. That's a pretty <laughs> good bad thing. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, I, actually, English Gav, you seem to have a lot of what I was talking about. Yeah, it was. I was talking about it earlier that the narrator seemed to overcomplicate things at times. Yeah, definitely did. Yeah, uh, Matt, what do you got? Um. Uh, oh yeah, there's some dodgy as hell mid two thousands animation in this that has not aged well at all. Um, there's a sequence right at the beginning where. Uh, uh, as I said, little Chuck dressed as Godzilla stomping on a uh, cardboard town she's made full of uh, clay people. Um, and honestly, like those claymation people should have probably just been done in claymation. Uh, it would have looked a lot fucking better. I Even cheap, with shitty that. claymation. No, I thought it was meant to evoke a child, like a, a crappy like clay thing a child would make. That was the yeah, point. Yeah, but that, that's the thing. Like the crappy clay thing a child made, but it looked real cheap. Uh, I liked it. I don't know. Like cheaper than Play Doh cheap. Fair <laughs> enough. No, didn't bother me at all. I thought it was a nice, like, okay, this isn't in the real, already weird look of the show. This is like a fake world inside this world. So, you know. Like, how do you stylize, stylize, you know? That's what I would actually love to have seen is the fantasy, like the Calvin and Hobbes thing where the fantasy world uh, looks more realistic than the real world. Okay, I could see that. Which, yeah, I I saw Matt's notes for this and I thought, I'll have a look at that because I couldn't remember it on first watch and I looked out for it and I couldn't see it and then I thought, oh, wait, he's talking about this scene here. It's like, yeah, I was completely fine. I thought it looked all right. All right. So you're objectively wrong about this and frightened. So. Yeah, no, clearly I could be wrong about many things. <laughs> no, just those two. Yeah, you're pretty much on the you're pretty much on the right uh, side of of history on most things, but those two things. No. You're on the right side of history with Voyager. Nothing. Yeah. Which is it's behind us in history. Uh-huh. <laughs> the best side of history to be Voyager yep. is now history. We don't have to we don't have to do that anymore. Nope. Uh, but will you, you know, be will you be putting it into the recycling bin? Oh, <laughs> oh yes, uh, yes. I mean, they already did after it's been uh, through the shredder. <laughs> Half that show was recycled to begin up. with. So I've got all of these episodes on my computer, and just I can't wait to delete them all. Yeah, no. As soon as I take the quotes out for the last uh, for editing the last episode, then I have no reason to hold on to it anymore. Yep. Uh, but then you know it's been a long road, so. Getting from here to there. Yeah, that, that's that's next week into infinity for us. Well, infinity is only a year this time. I think I can deal with that. Yeah, but it'll I've, have I've been done like, horrible things for a year. I worked at Wendy's for three. <laughs> it'll be three consecutive years of Brandon Braga, though. No. Well, and Rick Berman. No. Yeah. So there's that. Anything else about pushing daisies? Or are we? Uh, uh, I liked it a lot. Yeah, um, it's good. This is the show. This is. The sh- I'm gonna see if it's on Hulu or Netflix or something. Check out the rest mm. of it. Yeah. Oh, be somewhere. I'm just gonna say that this show's tendency to explain every little minutiae of story and everything, and it sort of glazed over the fact of how we became a pie maker. Yes, his mum was one, but it was it was mm. not even mentioned. Yeah, it says, good point. And he became a pie maker. I can bring people back from the dead. What career options are open to me? I know. Well, it did feed into his powers because he could resurrect dead fruit and make it like <laughs> eternally fresh, which they, they talked about that. Like he touched yeah. like a, a, a rotting strawberry and it turned to like this luscious, beautiful, perfect, you know, piece of fruit. Yeah, it wouldn't work so much if he was making steak. Shame that right. doesn't work. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I just think about that. Steak and, oh, my car is turned into a cow. Yeah. <laughs> nope. I'm just going to work with vegetables and fruit from now on. Thank you. I, I will also say this. I love that his uh, his power is like the only not weird thing because everything in this world is weird. But like the yeah. only he like no as far as I know, there's no one else with superpowers and they never explain where they came from. I love that. Yeah, I'm fine with that. 
I, I definitely yeah, don't have an explanation. So it's and I kind of hope, but from no one in particular. So I yeah. kind of hope, like no one, like as the series went on, no one else had like. I don't remember because I. What would bother me is if suddenly one day we learned he had a special destiny and there's a reason he has the powers. I hate that. <laughs> yeah, I'd yeah. much rather it be more or random. like he was a secret underground uh, yeah. uh, society of people who could do this. Like yeah. I love that he's just I the one guy. Vaguely, we call something like that though. Do you? Oh, end its second season. Well, there's like an evil leaper, quantum leap. <laughs> <one. laughs> I, I know there was a whole ongoing storyline trying to track some what nurses and monks down in this far off monastery or something. And oh, I don't remember that. I, I can't. Well, that was just in your life. <laughs> can't remember the details here, but it it seems to fit with that sort of. Yeah, that's yeah. too bad. I, I, I'm with Matt. I like that it's kind of a random thing where just this guy, this is nothing special, just happened to him and changed his life. Yeah. But, yeah, maybe it's good. Who knows? I don't remember. I, I'll, <laughs> uh, the only other thing I remember is that uh, Paul Rubens, Mr. Pee Wee Herman, uh, shows up in season two. That sounds that's, about right. That's all I remember. Yep, that definitely fits. And, mm-hmm. and he was also the Penguin's father. There we go. I got Batman Returns. Uh, okay. Back to Batman Returns. <laughs> always six degrees of Batman Returns with you. Hey, it could also be six degrees of Gotham now. He was the Penguin's father in that, too. Was he? Oh, well. Yeah, he was. Nice. Still not get one. back into that stupid, stupid show. <laughs> <laughs> I do right. like that Alexander Siddick is uh, Race or Raz Al Ghul. Is he? That's, that's a good fucking cast. That's a good choice. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I, I like making Raz or Raish, depending on who's saying it. Uh, I like making him actually not a white guy. That's, yeah. That's a good choice. Is Batman that... Begins. Yeah. Mm. Um, <laughs> all right, Matt, you got a quote? Uh, I do. Here it is. Hey, I think somebody's truck's on fire. Oh, gee. My, mine was also along those lines, which is this. It's nice she had a little glimpse of the world before she died. Yeah, the world isn't that great. So, enjoy that. I like your I like your line quite a bit, Al. Yeah, you know, I, how I'm feeling right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all for this time, gentlemen. Always a pleasure. Uh, as we mentioned before, as when we start running out of Star Trek, which is going to happen soon-ish, uh, mm-hmm. we're going to be doing more of this. Like, because we'll get their Enterprise, we'll get to what discovery there is, and then we're going to be waiting for more discovery. So in those in-between times, we're going to be doing this. We're going to be covering random genre shows. So yeah. Look forward to that. And we got and plans. We will definitely try to uh, continue hooking up with the Gavs at least around Christmas, but I kind of like this twice a year thing now. I think we should mm-hmm. continue doing this. Uh-huh. I'm fine with it. Yes. And yeah. Next time, it'll be my t- next time it will be my time, <laughs> my turn to choose, and I guarantee I will, I will try to choose something good. I guarantee I will pick this. something that Matt will hate. Uh, well, possibly, possibly <laughs> that, yes. But uh, I'm gonna I, try. I will not make that guarantee. Uh, <laughs> hey, we got it coming, man. I I was not responsible for this, but I will take the medicine because it was it was Team Pa that did this to you. So huh? uh, you gave us we, such a good show. What is wrong with you? And you were you were just getting over the, <laughs> the Star Wars holiday special too. Uh huh. Because we we gave you that, then you gave us Avengers, which is pretty fun, and then we gave you this. That's, yeah, I don't that's think I've ever there. disliked any of the shows you guys have recommended. I love wow. Avengers. Wow, I had a grand old fucking time watching that thing. Well, Sliders wasn't super great. <laughs> oh yeah, okay, yeah, I forgot about Sliders. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. It was middle of the road. No, that was me, wasn't it? Sorry. It, it was it was fun to talk about. Mm-hmm. I, I can't say that it was good, but it was it was a good <laughs> subject for our show. It wasn't um, anyway. terrible. <laughs> no, the, thing, the thing is, the, when we we've talked about doing this, uh, like I say, when we run out of Star Trek, and I think it'll be fun to do a lot of one-off stuff because I we can watch anything for an hour. Like yeah. if we sat through Frankenstein, we can sit through anything for an hour. <laughs> and and it'll be interesting to kind of like, okay, well, we've been watching Star Trek for so long, let's look at something very different and see what that's about, and maybe we'll find something we like. Who knows? Probably not, mm-hmm. but yeah, who knows? Yeah, you should just start at A and just go through the uh, entire genre. Yeah. <laughs> a, Andromeda. Uh-huh. <laughs> to Z, um, the Zeta Project. Z- yes. Zena. Yeah. Wait, no, shit. <laughs> uh, but we will be skipping D, Deadly Games, for obvious reasons. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. Well, that's all for this time. Uh, posting concurrently with this will be our Q&A episode. So uh, yep. check that out as well. And then next week we are back with the pilot of Enterprise, which uh, from memory, I think is called Broken Bow. Is that right? Broken Bow. I, I never knew if it was Broken Bow or Broken Bow. No, I think it's Broken uh, oh, shit, you might be right. Right? Like, I've only ever seen it written down. Well, they'll, they say it in the episode because it's actually a town in Montana that is, oh, is relevant okay. to the story. So they'll say ah. it, So We got to do something about this broken vow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, Gavin Gav, thank you so much. This, this was fun. Yes. And, uh, do you have anything to plug? Uh, uh, no. Sorry from Leeds. No. <laughs> All right. <Enough. laughs> The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2017. Please don't sue us. We're, we're, we're still just doing this. What the fuck is any of this?